Ladies and gentlemen, you are now listening to the Fantasy Baseball Hour with Al Melchior. Happy Monday, everybody. How are you all doing? This is the Fantasy Baseball Hour. I'm your host, Al Melchior. And it's not just a happy Monday. It's a Modica Monday. And, you know, those things, they, they sort of go together. I think it's a, it's a happy Monday because it's a Modica Monday. So, Matt Modica, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks for having me, Al. I hope you had a great weekend. I hope you had a good week uh, in fantasy baseball and an even better one this week. Uh, I tell you what, I had a really good weekend, and I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> it was it was not a very good week. I'm not leaving it there. It was not not a very good week for me in fantasy ba- baseball, unfortunately. And it seems is is this your experience, Matt? That like it, when everything goes well, it goes well for all your teams, and when it all goes wrong, it goes wrong for all your teams. Or are you more maybe I, I want to say diversified because that's the problem for me. But do you have that experience? I'm diversified, but I understand what you're saying. There are times when everything just seems to hit on all cylinders, and there's other times when just nothing goes right, and you just watch <laughs> those points bleed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there's a graphic uh, way way to think about a, a bad week in fantasy. Yeah, that was uh, my points were bleeding uh, <laughs> last week. Uh, so yeah, not not a great week overall. But uh, there's always this week that is the the fantastic part of this. And Matt, as you you said on the show last week. I saw you say it on Twitter in the last couple of days. Uh, it's sweating time, right? It's uh, it's uh, we still have some weeks left here where we can we can make things right, and that's what we're going to help everybody do today. Yeah, exactly, Al. Like Saturday morning, my coffee was delicious. Sunday morning, it was a bit sour. <laughs> oh, oh well. Uh, we'll we'll uh, try to make this a, a better week uh, for your coffee and your fantasy baseball team, and, and all the way around here. So. Uh, we've got uh, some some lineup uh, things to sort out. Uh, do you start Chris Bryant? Do you start Joey Votto this week? Uh, we've got closer news. Of course, there's always closer news uh, to discuss. And uh, this is going to be the last Monday uh, show, Matt, uh, Modica Monday, that we do before the September call-up. So I thought this was the right time uh, to talk about some of the players that we might see next month and whether or not it matters. I'm actually much more interested in that conversation than the specific players. But I know people want to know about who may be coming up and who they might try to pick up, uh, you know, if they're still out there. So we'll tackle that. We'll tackle uh, the weekend's games and all that. But we will start where we usually do, which is with the news and the poor Nationals. Uh, you know, if I think I've had a bad week, uh, you know, it's been worse for them <laughs> and it just got even worse on Sunday because Kelvin Herrera came into what was, a, a, a you know, a 15, nothing game. So that was good for the nationals, but they didn't necessarily need to use their closer there. But Herrera went to Davey Martinez and said, I want to pitch in this game. I haven't pitched in five days. I need the work. They put him in there. And after I think it was nine pitches, uh, he, uh, kind of crumpled, uh, to, to the ground after, um, fielding a Jose Bautista grounder. And uh, so he's got uh, some sort of foot injury. He's going to have more tests on Monday. That, of course, is today. Uh, so by the time you're listening to this, maybe you know a little bit more about exactly what the injury is for Kelvin Herrera, <coughs> excuse me, Kelvin Herrera, and how long he's going to be out. But um, so obviously you're not starting Kelvin Herrera this week. Are you, Matt, 
starting uh, Ryan Madsen if you've got him on your roster? Uh, yeah, I think that's uh, – maybe I, I, I go that route. You know, every save matters now, every opportunity. I know it's been a lost season for Washington, which I'm still uh, scratching my head over that. Us Met fans have it bad pretty much every year. But if you're a Nationals fan, you know, this is like the end of an era in, in a way. I, well, no, it absolutely is with uh, you know Bryce Harper uh, going on the the free agent market, and you know Daniel Murphy's already been traded. So yeah, no, it's definitely the end of an era, or uh, you know, at the very least, uh, certainly a crossroads for for the Nationals, and that uh, you know close well for much of the season that the closer position's been in great shape because when Sean Doolittle was healthy, he was one of the best. I think you could have argued that for that portion of the season when he was healthy. That he and Edwin Diaz, and, and I guess you, you got to, you know, include uh, Blake Trinan as well. I mean, those those guys were the ones who were just automatic, um, and not necessarily the three you would have picked coming into the season either. But uh, Matson, by the way, if you think uh, I, I'm getting ahead of myself here talking about Ryan Matson, he is expected to come off the DL on Tuesday. Now the Nationals do have a, a game scheduled against the Phillies uh, for Monday night. So I would expect that if there's a safe situation, it's probably going to go to Coda Glover. I don't really think there's anybody else that would even be in the conversation. I mean, maybe Greg Holland, maybe Justin Miller. I would expect it's Glover, but I wouldn't be starting any of those guys in a daily league tonight. Uh, but I would, and I will, in fact, the one league where I've got Madsen stashed on the DL, I will break him out for the weekly lineup because, uh, like I said, he's expected back on Tuesday. And, um, you know, I always a little bit of risk with somebody coming off the DL. But I, I expect that he'll be okay. So that's probably a minor dilemma compared to the one that Joey Votto owners are facing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we got a report here that uh, uh, Jim Riggleman says that Votto might not be able to return Tuesday. Now, he was supposed to be back on Sunday, but wasn't. And Riggleman says the injury is, quote-unquote, way worse than originally thought. So... <laughs> Uh, with that, uh, you know, glowing report there, Matt, do you start uh, Joey Votto this week? Uh, I mean, I'm probably not unless I really don't have any other choice here, but I think I got to hold off this week on Joey Votto. I'm going to as well. And, uh, as recently as Sunday, I got at least one question on Twitter about this. And I said, yeah, I'm planning on starting him, but I'm you know, going to keep my eyes peeled. And, uh, <laughs> this report's out there now. So uh, I'm doing a, doing a 180, and I am not going to start Joey Votto this week. I'm not going to take the chance. I did hedge my bets a little bit because, as you and I, Matt, have said over and over on the show, that until somebody's off the DL and in the starting lineup, and sometimes even then, you can't really be too sure. You can't be too careful. So I did go up and pick up uh, Ryan O'Hearn in uh, a league where I have Votto, and I also had uh, Tyler White as a contingency bid that I didn't need. Um so I'm, I'm glad I did that, and I'll be starting yeah. Ryan O'Hearn this week in that league. Uh, how about Chris Bryant? He is scheduled to start a rehab assignment today. Uh, and again, this is Monday if you're listening uh, on your podcast uh, or on our podcast. Uh, AAA Iowa, there's no timetable, though, for Bryant. So it could be a short stay, could be a long stay. Do you take the chance with Chris Bryant? I'm going to take the chance here. Uh, I, did, I think I saw... Recently, or the other day, it might it might only be two or three days. So if that's the case, I'm just going to gamble on here. Uh, 
unless I really have a solid option at third base and corner to withstand it another week. But I'm thinking that's not the case in most leagues, and it's crunch time. That it is. Um, now, And I've got Bryant as well. In fact, I've got him on the very same team where I've got Votto. So I'm planning on sitting both of them. So I'm, I'm very interested since you said no to Votto, yes to Bryant. What are the decision rules or, or the decision rule that helps you sort out those two situations differently? Uh, well, the thing for me here is I think from what I, I'm just interpreting what I'm hearing. It seems like he just needs a couple of games, needs to see some pitching, and he's going to be activated. The thing with Votto is we don't know. I don't think the Reds need to, you know, make any – they could be extra cautious with him and say, you know what? We'll bring him back next week. We'll bring him back. Instead of bringing him back on Wednesday or Thursday, we'll have him start Saturday if he used to come back. So just maybe I can get a couple more games out of uh, Bryant and take that shot. It, it, it is a crapshoot, I admit, but. Well, no, it absolutely is. But that, that makes sense because, um, yeah, you have different situations with those two different teams, different incentives. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. And while I'm thinking about it, as a player I've gotten a number of questions about um, is Nelson Cruz. No injury there. It's just two-game series in San Diego for the Mariners. So, uh, at best, he's got a four-game schedule this week because I, I, I don't see him starting either of those games. Maybe he gets a pinch hit or appearance or two. Uh, but, um, you know, in the proverbial vacuum, do you feel okay starting Nelson Cruz? In that type of league, no, I don't feel, uh, as you said, I don't see him playing in the National League Park. You know, he'll be a, off the bat. But, uh, I mean, I, it's <laughs> going to come down to at this point in the season. Do you have better options on your bench? I'm hoping you have somebody you can insert, insert that's got the, you know, at least six, maybe seven games. And that's going to win out at this point in the season. Uh, for me, that's not close. Yeah, uh, well, and again, it's, you know, very much contingent on what your alternatives are, as, as you said, Matt. And, and uh, you know, I'll give you one example. In fact, I think, and I, I might be misquoting here, but I think I got a question, and I'll just toss this out uh, as a, a hypothetical, whether this, or not this is the actual question I got on Twitter. But uh, what about, like, a five-game Elvis Andrews versus a four-game Nelson Cruz? Because at that point, I think – if you're talking about somebody with a five-game schedule, um, you know, I'd go, I'd, I'd, I'd eat that extra game to get get the Nelson Cruz production. Yeah, plus Andrews and, uh, has been cold lately. Yeah, I mean, take the factors in. Andrews is cold. If I needed certain other things, then maybe. Otherwise, I would go with Cruz there. I, I would. It's the one game uh, we know he's going to be playing in Oakland, so. Mm-hmm. That's why, and especially if you need if you needed the pop, you know, he can have a two home run game in any of them. Absolutely, he can. Speaking of Oakland, thank you for the segue, Matt. Sean Manaya has been placed on the ten day disabled list with a left shoulder impingement. I saw that news over the weekend and thought, oh, that's where the strikeouts went. But apparently, he was not feeling any sort of symptom up until this weekend. So maybe that's just you know. Me weaving a narrative, <laughs> uh, you know, that's what we do as fantasy owners. Uh, you know, we, we make up stories, uh, you know, putting together the pieces of information that we have, and sometimes they're right and sometimes they're not. And I'm still not convinced that that's not right. But in any event, yeah. Sean Mania to the DL. What's crazy 
is if you look at the athletics depth chart, they're four starters right now. Mike Fears has been awesome, you know, pretty mm-hmm. much for the last uh, month or two. But it's Fears, Brett Anderson, Trevor Cahill, and Edwin Jackson. And, and it's just a testament to Oakland and this team that's got 79 wins, you know, a game back from Houston. It, well, it is. And, I mean, I, you know, I think they certainly have a good enough offense that maybe they can carry this rotation. Well, first of all, the, the bullpen that they built is ridiculous, mm-hmm. ridiculously amazing. Uh, so if there's any team that can sustain the loss of a Sean Manaya, and I think, I, I think he and Fires are the two, you know, legitimately reliable guys there. I, I don't believe that Edwin Jackson's going to you know, maintain what he's done. I don't believe that Brett Anderson is going to either. Um, and now they've lost Manaya, so it's it's really sort of on Mike Fires' shoulders. But that you know that bullpen, I mean, they could if they can get four or five decent innings from a starter, they're they're good to go because that bullpen's incredible. Mm-hmm. And then the offense and, is is you know is solid. So, and it's amazing they were counting on AJ Puck, you know, to be in this rotation yep. this year. And even if he was somebody that came up in the middle of the season, that would have been such a boost to this uh, to to this pitching staff. Uh, so many injuries, yeah. Now AJ Puck with the Tommy John surgery, uh, Andrew Triggs has been out, so it's uh, it's just one thing after another for them. Uh, the Astros kind of on the other end of that continuum. Uh, they've only had to use uh, a, a sixth starter once, I think, or maybe twice. No, twice because I think Peacock had a, a bullpen game start. But uh, Lance McCullers, of course, been out. Uh, and from the Houston Chronicle, a report that he is not anywhere close to doing mound work and quote from A.J. Hinch is, it would be hard to get him built back up as a starter uh, with the, the hopes that McCullers would be back sometime in September, although it sounds like maybe later in September than was initially thought, given that he's not throwing off a mound and not close to throwing off a mound yet. So uh, this past week, one of the things I did do uh, was pick up Framber Valdez. So, you know, first there was Franchi, then was, there was Fran Mill, and, and now there's Framber. Uh, so how, how, how are we leaking, uh, liking Framber Valdez? Uh, nice start against the Angels on Sunday. We are liking these names a lot, I got to say. What's A-plus not to like? Job. Yeah, as you just mentioned those three. <laughs> uh, the thing for me here is I would have thought maybe for this final month you put like a Colin McHugh into the rotation. Mm-hmm. Or once, once uh, McCullers was injured and – I didn't think he was coming back anytime soon when he first went to the DL. Now we're getting that confirmation. So I thought McHugh would have been the nice guy to have in there. I speculated yep. on that in a couple of spots. That has not worked out. Uh, I mean, I'll speculate on Framber if I could just pick him up and have a look-see here. If this is the route they're going to go, I want who's ever in uh, Houston's starting five rotation. So. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've been impressed. Uh, he had, you know, the start on Sunday, which was which was very good uh, against mm-hmm. the Angels. Just one run in five innings, uh, two hits, three strikeouts, three walks. Uh, so he's only given up the one earned run uh, in two appearances. And the first appearance was a long relief stint that I believe was in relief of Brad Peacock in that bullpen game. And uh, got a bunch of ground balls and, and just, you know, did the job. So and it appears that he'll he'll be able to keep this job for a while. First of all, given that he's pitched well, and secondly, that Lance McCullers is not close to returning. So instead of being what looked like a one-off, 
looks like uh, Framper Valdez is now somebody that, uh, at the very least in deeper leagues, I think is definitely worth speculating on. Um, sticking with some Astros news here, A.J. Hinch told the Houston Chronicle that he expects George Springer is going to be in the Astros lineup tonight against the A's, so definitely check that out before you finalize your lineup. Uh, moving on here, Bob Nightingale of USA Today reports that Josh Donaldson uh, will begin a rehab assignment. Seems like we've been waiting for this for a long time. Uh, he'll start that on Tuesday uh, with Dunedin in the Florida State League. And uh, if all goes well there, that uh, the Blue Jays could still try to trade him by the end of August. So, well, again, I'd seen but, a, a rumor he might go to the Indians, but then I saw something over the weekend, Matt, that the Indians aren't going to move Jose Ramirez to second. So I'm not sure what the market is there for Josh Donaldson. Yeah, that's my thing. Is it the end of August on Friday? <laughs> so he, he's going to yeah, play, right. what, two games and he's healthy? I. What are you going to give up for for uh, Donaldson? I mean, we know the player he is when he's fully healthy and all that, but that's just not the case right now. If you just give yeah. up like a low-level uh, prospect, uh, you know, I would take a shot maybe if I'm, you know, if, if I'm a team in contention and roll the dice that he is healthy or he can play a DH role or something like that. But, you know, it was a missed opportunity by the Blue Jays. Yeah, yeah, and I don't know if there's much that they could have done to really make the most of that opportunity. But, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, five days left in the month. Uh, yeah, I'm doing my math right. So uh, <laughs> there's yeah very limited opportunity there. The team that would trade for him is taking a big gamble in terms of his health. Uh, it does occur to me, I mean, we've, we've heard all kinds of rumors about the Braves upgrading at third base, which I don't like to hear because I like Johan Camargo, but... <laughs> Uh, they they would make sense. I think the Phillies, you know, might make make sense if if those teams don't have, wouldn't have to give up much. But we'll see. We'll see at some point this week if anything happens there. Uh, Buster Posey. I do like is the Braves now, though. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About uh, that. The, I do the, like the uh, Braves as, being involved as a with that. as a fit. Yeah. Oh no, I think they make more sense than any other team mm-hmm. that I can think of. Top of mind, anyway. Makes a lot of sense. And, and Camargo is very versatile, so uh, that wouldn't necessarily have to be the end of his his playing time. Uh, you know, certainly if the, if the Brewers can make that infield situation work, the Braves could make it work with Josh Donaldson. Plus, he probably would need some days off here and there, I would imagine. Uh, so as I started to say, Matt, uh, Buster Posey, he is going to have that hip surgery actually today, Monday, he's going to have it. So Bus, Buster Posey is done for 2018. And it broke down on one of the shows last week. Uh, there's all kinds of options out there for catcher. Some that are even pretty enticing. I got Danny Jansen in my Posey league. Uh, and I'm very happy with that. I actually think he'll probably pr- produce more for me than Posey did when he was playing. Cause it was not a very good season and especially not a very good last two months for Buster Posey mm-hmm. for reasons that we now understand a whole lot better. Uh, so earlier, Matt, we talked about the national situation. So Ryan Madsen should be back on Tuesday. He looks like a viable start for this week. Uh, not a closer related news item here, but Juan Nicasio, his season's over. He's having uh, knee surgery, uh, surgery to clean out his knee, so he's done for the year. Uh, but we do have some other bullpens just to ch- check in on here. Not a great weekend for Will Smith. He uh, had a couple of shaky outings. He gave up a Rugnet Odor game-tying home run on, I think it was Friday, and then Saturday, didn't have good control, had to get bailed out by Mark Melanson, and then Smith unavailable on Sunday, and then so Melanson got the back-to-back saves. So um, are we worried for Will Smith at this point? 
Uh, I think you have to have some concern uh, if they want to, you know, if it doesn't get better, Hunter Strickland gets the opportunity to, you know, regain that role that he had previously. Or Melanson. I mean, I think, you know, that that honestly is what worries me. If it had been Hunter Strickland on Sunday, I'd be like, ah, all right. They're just filling in. But they went back to the same guy who bailed out Smith on Saturday. And then Melanson came back and, and you know, pitched a shutdown inning. Uh, I mean, not a shutdown. I think he gave up one hit. But uh, still concerns me a little bit as a Will Smith owner. But maybe I'm overreacting. I'll, no, I'll start I think you have to at least have your radar on this, and you know, you see what happens. They could, uh, or just be a bullpen by committee rest of the season, kind of thing. Yeah, which is not, you know, obviously not optimal. Uh, now the Brewers no. look like they were going to have a committee, but Jeremy Je- Jeremy Jeffers has now gotten the call for four straight uh, save situations mm-hmm. for the Brewers. So I, I think he's the guy now. Uh, I would expect, you know, once in a while we'll see Josh Hader, you know, maybe one of those two winning saves. Maybe you see the occasional Joaquin Soria uh, uh, appearance in the ninth inning. But if if I own Jeremy Jeffress, I would definitely consider starting him this week. Now, Kenley oh, Jansen, uh, what a miserable few days for him uh, coming back from the heart problem. Maybe too soon. Uh, there was speculation maybe it's an issue with his medication, but um, just, you know, didn't get it done in uh, three appearances uh, this past week. So I'm going to sit him. What's your call on Kenley Jansen for this week? Uh, It's (laughs) it's been awful. It really has. I got to think, you know, he should have had more time. I'm probably going to take a shot and put him out there. It may blow blow up in my face on here, but, you know, maybe the layoff and having to get ramp everything back up, it, I'm going to gamble. Yeah, and I've got him in a couple leagues, including uh, the Tout Wars Mixed League, uh, a league where I could move up a few spots with a couple extra saves. And yet, I haven't set that lineup yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm not going to go Jansen. And by the way, I also have Will Smith in that league, too. So I'll I'll definitely roll the dice with him. I don't know that I want to gamble with two closers there, so I might just have to hope that Will Smith and Jose Leclerc get the job done for me in that league. Uh, But yeah, tough calls. (laughs) What's that? I said, at least you have Leclerc. At least he's 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 Mister Reliable right now. Absolutely. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> Not and you can't say that about too many closers uh, all season long. That's that's really been the case. Uh, well, you know, we got uh, some other things from the weekend to get uh, get to, but I want to take a look ahead again, Matt, because next time I I'm here on the show with you, it'll be September. You know, leaves will be falling uh, here in Montana. It'll be sno- uh, snowing. Uh, <laughs> uh, and rosters will have expanded, you know, more relevant for this show. Uh, so every year, uh, you know, we write columns about the September call-ups. People get kind of juiced, uh, jazz- jazzed up about it or juiced up about it. Um, but um, I-, I-, I try to restrain myself because it just seems like year after year that the, the players that we're really excited about wind up not doing much or, or maybe they don't even get called up. And I think about uh, Yon Moncada, was that two years ago, I think, when he got called up by the mm-hmm. Red Sox? And uh, there was all kinds of uh, hype about it. And then he started two or three games, struck out in the vast majority of the at-bats, and then was benched and, and basically never heard from again. Uh, but, uh, you know, I look back to last year, and the only players I could see that really made an impact after getting called up were Jesse Winker and Brett Phillips. And both had been up, by the way, 
for some short periods earlier in the season too. So it wasn't like a debut, but um, you know, those were, it wasn't like big, big names. So Eloy Jimenez, uh, Luis Urias, is there anybody that you are excited about uh, who might get the call? Well, I mean, Eloy is a guy that I would love to see. I have him stashed on a couple of teams. He was, Drafted late and then cut, and I picked him up in the player pool about a month ago. So I thought he'd be up already, be honest with you. So I'm hoping I did too. It's, it's coming very soon. Uh, the interesting point about what you made about Yoan Mankata, I was on the In This League podcast last night with the Welsh and Bogman, and Welsh made a great point about Mankata that year, but he only just made that cameo appearance. Yep. And then he was in the Arizona Fall League. That's why they shut him down, and they were putting him in the Arizona Fall League. And Welsh was saying the rosters for the Arizona Fall League should be coming out in the next week or so. And mm. if they decide to put Vlad in the uh, Arizona Fall League, we might not see much of him in September, which I think would be crazy. Yeah, um, I, I'm just sort of braced for that anyway. Not not seeing Vladimir Guerrero uh, this September, but that no, that's a that's a great little nugget of, of uh, insight there. Um, yeah, shout out way, to the Welsh been, for that. Yeah, and that must have been fun. You, the Welsh, and and, and Bogman all on. on I have podcast. to say, it was it it was a blast. I, I had a lot of laughs. I tell you, the one guy who I think could really make an impact as well. If I don't see why he wouldn't get an opportunity here. Uh, Victor Robles, if they can get him some playing time in, see, you know, give him a taste. I'd like to see this kid get a taste. Luis Urias, uh, I would really like to see him as well. So there are some names here that you have on this list. I mean, we know the big two, Vlad and Eloy. I, I don't know what either one's got to, you know, they have nothing to prove. September is here, so, you know, at yep. least give us a month. Well, I feel pretty good that we're going to see Eloy. Like you said, uh, we got all mm-hmm. kinds of signals. He would have been up by now. I, I think it's just a, probably a matter of days or maybe literally a matter of five days until uh, those <laughs> rosters expand. They might as well wait at this point maybe till then. Um, and one name uh, neither of us has brought up yet, and probably b- beyond Eloy Jimenez is the one I'm anticipating the most, is Kristen Stewart. I think his uh, he's in the twilight of his uh, minor, league, minor league career. Mm-hmm. And uh, embarking on his major league career, and um, I don't know if anybody got that. Uh, well, <laughs> I got you're the only one hearing I that got right you now. The whole, Maybe the whole Twilight movie. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, so, anyways, uh, there will come a point where I will have to reference him and not make that pun for the three thousand sixty-seventh time. <laughs> well, uh, I think so, you're right. About but him. I, I he'll, he'll be a nice power boost, I think, uh, late in the year. And the other point about him. I, I, why I think you're right on. It's these, these guys that are going to come up, it's all about opportunity. They're, they're going to get the at-bats. And in September, you know, you're going to see these shifts in standings. And, you know, having the at-bats are really crucial, having the innings really crucial. No, absolutely. I mean, that's you look, you know, for teams. You know, we're talking about kind of the, the higher-ranked prospects. But – you know the Tigers are also among the teams that just have don't have big roadblocks to give people opportunity. Mm-hmm. So um, you know maybe that's why too. You know Urias uh, maybe get some playing time because you know 
Why not? <laughs> Eloy Jimenez, why not with the White Sox? So we'll see. Uh, now, certainly the Yankees don't have, uh, you know, really any gaps to fill here. But we should see Justice Sheffield uh, in the next month, but probably in a relief role. So I don't think we'll be excited to watch him. Uh, I don't think he's going to have a fantasy impact. So, uh, yeah, I think the list is short. And, and my, my expectations, uh, at least for now, are, are tempered. So uh, we'll see. See who gets the call uh, towards the end of the week here. So, yeah, let's, uh, Matt, just take a look back on the weekend here. Kendris Morales, uh, what a what a great week for him. <laughs> home run every day. Uh, so it's seven straight games of the home run, uh, capping that off on Sunday with his 21st of the year against the Phillies. Uh, so obviously he's, I, I don't think it's an exaggeration to say he's must start. Uh, he's had great peripherals all season long. Now he's just a, a hot hand, and I don't think there's any reason to not start him in any league. And if he's available, you, you got to pick him up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you always, always, if you can, just ride the hot hand. Yep. And Billy McKinney's a hot hand, too. Um, maybe not quite for as long as Morales has been, and certainly doesn't have the, uh, you know, the longer track record uh, that we can rely on and say, okay, we know sort of what to expect from Billy McKinney. But uh, he's getting a good amount of playing time with the Blue Jays, picked up his first two doubles of the year on Sunday. Uh, so I did pick him up in Tout Wars. I bid on him in a couple other leagues. I think Tout Wars is the only one where I actually got him, but I'll start him. Not because of the rules, you pick somebody up in that league, you have to start him, but I would choose to start him, even if I could, just, again, to play the hot hand there. Uh, Matt Chapman, he's also hot, uh, three for five on Sunday with two homers. He's now up to 20 on the season, uh, that against the Twins. He's, his season's a little bit of a sort of a flip-flop from what I expected. He's hitting 282. I didn't think he'd hit that well for average, but I thought he'd have more than 20 home runs uh, heading into the final days of August. So well, no, no complaints either way. It's pretty amazing what he's done over the last month or six weeks and you know how he's re- revived the season. At one point, the average was not good at all. And it yeah. started off great. It went south. I mean, the defense has always been great, but you know, for us in fantasy – and then what he's been able to do, like I said, over this stretch has been quite remarkable. And to have that average at 282 now from where it was, quite impressive. Yeah, and I think you can trust that batting average. The, the uh, strikeout rate is down considerably from uh, what it was in the minor leagues and even from his uh, rookie season. Uh, he hits with enough power that, uh, you know, he's got a 337 Babbitt, but I don't think it's going to regress too much. I think he could, you know, probably hit, you know, 320-ish on balls and play, rest of way. So, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, certain, I'm certainly buying something close to the batting average, and maybe, as you say, there's there's more power to come. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, I also picked up Ryan O'Hearn in some leagues. Uh, he did not get a hit on Sunday, but he still, even with that, had a really nice series uh, against the Indians, four for 10, with a homer and a couple of doubles. And uh, so now over his last 12 games, he's got five home runs and uh, – you know, I don't know if maybe we can still call him a hot hand uh, after not getting hit on Sunday, but you know, he's uh, one of these guys, again, you know, sort of like Morales early in the year, uh, hit with a lot of power. It, it's surprising because it's not really what he did in the minors, but, you know, lots of exit velocity, a lot of hard hit balls. And so, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued, even though it's a small sample. Yeah, no, and the Royals, look, you're going to play Lucas Duda, you're going to play O'Hearn. That's, that's what I would ask over this next month. Yeah, I mean, I 
don't see – I mean, you can never account for what teams are going to do. The Royals have certainly uh, you know, been the target of, of a, you know, a lot of criticism in terms of how they're managed. But, yeah, I would, I would find it hard to understand if they did not give a lot of playing time to Ryan O'Hearn as long as he is, is hitting. Uh, so we'll see, see how that pans out. Now, um, the Yankees, Luke Voigt. And and in the rundown, Matt, I you'll you'll see. I put usually I just put the last name unless it's a common last name, but I put Luke Voigt to make absolutely sure I would not call him John Voigt in this segment. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he had a really nice weekend and um, hit a, a homer on Sunday. Uh, three homers in that series against the uh, against the Orioles. A three hit game too for him. So I'm not sure, I, you know, we had a little bit of a question uh, just now about the playing time for Ryan O'Hearn. I've got much more of a question about Voight. So do you trust the playing time and do you trust the production? And I'll throw in the third question. Uh, first baseman, who you got, uh, if you had to start one this week, Voight or, o- or O'Hearn? Uh, probably going to lean with Voight. We'll go with the Urban Cowboy. Is that his nickname? No, I was figuring oh. Void Urban Cowboy. I, I, was, just, I, I was doing I, a pun. I, I was going off the Twilight. I was trying to go. <laughs> I, I whiffed on, yeah. I, I whiffed on the joke. That's terrible. I, I mean, as soon as I said that, I'm like, no, he was in Urban Cowboy. So, uh, <laughs> oh, man. That's not a good way to start the week with a, with a Monday show where I, I, I missed the Urban Cowboy pun. Anyway, so you're going to go with Luke Voigt. All right, one, uh, one more player to uh, – one more hitter, I should say. we got some pitchers to talk about. But Wilson Ramos uh, with a nice game there for the Phillies. Four hits, uh, including his 15th home run, his uh, 19th double on Sunday against the Blue Jays. Uh, but so sort of a good news, bad news situation there. Post-game comments from uh, Ramos, you know, a, a good game for him. But he did admit he's not at 100% health yet. So I think we have to – uh, sort of lower our, our expectations for playing time for Ramos. Uh, does that make him something less than must start, or do we no, just roll with I, him? No matter I what, I think you got to. I think you got to play him. He's look. You're not going to get the. You know, you, you're going to lose a couple of games each week on him. But when he's in there, you just got to hope he's feeling good because he 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 produces at the position. So I, I got to yep. play him. I agree. Absolutely agree. Sort of like the thing we talked about earlier with Nelson Cruz. You know, if he's got a four-game week. He's still better than some of your five or maybe even six-game options. So same same deal with Wilson Ramos, although obviously it's a little bit different with catcher. Uh, he might be talking about a three-game week uh, for him. Uh, but let's just talk about some of the uh, pitching performances. Only a couple of these I really want to dig in on uh you know, a, a little bit deeper, though. I mean, like Blake Snell, another great start from him. This time against the Red Sox, I don't think he had anything to prove, but certainly, uh, you know, putting up uh, an 8K performance, run, run, one run in uh, six innings against the Red Sox. Uh, if you had any questions about whether you should ever sit Blake Snell, now you know you, you, you just can't. Uh, Michael Kopech with a, you know, his second start, but really the first, you know, legitimate non-rain-interrupted mm-hmm. start. Uh, six innings, one run, four Ks against the Tigers. So um, I'd feel good going with him going forward. Oh yeah, no, I I would uh, if you got him, I'd be excited to roll him out. You just got to worry maybe in the middle of the month they might shut him down or something. I think he's reached the inning capacity or something like that. 
But, yeah, while you got them, have fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Kev Gosman with another good start against the Marlins. Uh, just one hit over five innings, no runs allowed, uh, five Ks. I, I'm still – I'm kind of chalking this one up to the matchup. I, I'm not buying it. There's, uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm going to disagree here. I'm going to okay. give him he, – he did this last August where, you know, he closed out the season. And from what I heard, the pitching coach, I believe of, uh, of Atlanta – told him to pitch uh, exclusively out of the stretch. He's done that yes. in the last three appearances, and he's gotten the results. He's actually, you know, he's going back over the last month almost. He's pitched pretty well for this team. You really can't argue with that. I know you could say he's had the Marlins twice. You're throwing a Mets team in there. But this is who he's facing, so, you know, division uh, That's okay. Okay, and, you know, maybe the, the pitching out of the stretch thing is, is making a, a, a difference. Um, I'm still skeptical, but that's good. That's why why we got a two-man well, show yeah, but, here. Yeah, but the competition, the, the NL East versus the AL East is, is booing his stock as well. Right, right, and that's, that's a good point. You know, you can maybe give the matchup some credit, but there's going to be more of those where they came from. Uh, so that's a good point. And uh, Austin Gomer, no uh, matchup problem against the Rockies at Coors Field. Two runs over six innings with six strikeouts. I've been pretty lukewarm about him, but this is an eye-opener for me, uh, for, for Austin Gomber. And Jeffrey Rodriguez, uh, six scoreless innings against uh, the vaunted Mets offense that you were just talking <laughs> about. Uh, so Gomber and Jeffrey Rodriguez, level of interest there. Uh, I got interest, you know, I, right now I think you need some arms. I, I'm more in the deeper. So uh, Gomber, without a doubt, has, you know, he just keeps doing it right now. It's, you know, you're not getting nine strikeouts, but you get like a half a dozen for the most part. He's got a, it seems to be pretty locked in at this rotation spot. Uh, spot. They said Dakota Hudson is probably going to pitch the rest of the season out of the bullpen. I would have liked to see him make a couple of starts. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, but it uh, looks like he'll be pitching in some high leverage situations in the bullpen. So maybe he finds uh, Dakota Hudson finds some value that way. Uh, now we got three pitchers left. These are the ones I'm actually most interested in. And uh, I'm going to leave the Stephen Matt's analysis to you, Matt, and not just because uh, of your, your proximity and, I guess, affinity for the Mets. Um, <laughs> but also, I'm going to be riding on him tomorrow. So I kind of want to save... Uh, some of what I might have to say for the column, and also because I haven't, I haven't really fully formed my opinion yet. But uh, Stephen Matt's a nice start against the Nationals, one run in seven innings, seven strikeouts. Uh, are you liking Stephen Matt's going forward? Uh, I, to, to me, he's, he, I, I can't figure him out, I'm going to be honest. There are times he looks really good and times he doesn't for me. It's, it's a case where I was... Worried about the innings. He's at, what, around 120, I believe. So he's, he's making the starts, but it's not a guy that I'm ever confident in. I'm just going to be honest. I'm just, I don't have confidence when he takes the mound. He's more of a matchup play for me. But as I say, it's now like September, and if he's getting the things, what are my other options? That's what I always say. What are my other options here? And I guess I would roll him out, but not confidently. All right. Well, I, I'm not sure you're saying anything I wouldn't have said if I wasn't holding back. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, then we'll, we'll finish up on a down note here. Well, maybe not a down note because Luis Severino actually, I mean, not some, some very good things uh, in terms of this start against the Orioles on Sunday, five and two thirds, only two earned runs, but three 
runs total, uh, four hits, eight strikeouts, two walks. So yeah, that's that's a pretty nice line uh, for Severino. And then Chris Archer just a flat out bad start against Brewers. Uh, six runs on seven hits uh, and five strikeouts over four innings. So Severino and Archer, what's your level of trust with those two? Uh, I mean, as far as Severino, I got to believe it was a bad patch. Even when he was giving up all those runs, his ex-fip was still like 325 or in the 350 range between, between that. So, I mean, I love the ex-fip. I think it's very predictive. So I'm, you know... It was just a horrific stretch. Whatever happened, happened. Uh, you you got to just plug and play him rest of the season. Archer, I really – I kind of liked what the Pirates did here. I thought this was a, a move for them. At the, when they got him, they were trying to make that run with this team. Austin Meadows I thought was expendable. He's been a guy – maybe he you know proves me wrong and winds up being this uh, player that many expected. And as far as uh, the pitcher – I just blanked out. Look, he's doing great in uh, Tampa, but the the Pirates weren't figuring it out. So it's not like they got a guy just for two months. They have Archer. It's not working out right now, but I think it was a wasn't as bad a move as everybody else was killing him. Maybe giving up that first round pick, adding that in, I didn't like. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, without cause Shane Baz, I assume you're, you're talking about. Um, Yes, yes, thank you. Yeah, certainly before that, I don't think uh, there was anything you could you could really question with that deal. What Shane Baz, yeah, given what what the the, the Pirates are getting, uh, maybe there's there's some regret there. But I I don't know. I'm I think I'm 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 more in the middle on both of these pitchers that you are than you are because uh, Severino during that bad patch, which was quite quite a long patch, gave up a lot of homers. Um, you'd think the Orioles would be a pretty good test of that. Uh, especially at, uh, at Camden Yards, but you know, or or at Yankee Stadium would have been a good test too. But uh, I'm I'm not feeling totally safe yet with Severino, and with Archer, I saw some things I liked in the first two three starts. So I don't know. He's very inconsistent. I think he may still have a good run left in, in him yet. That said, if I can't avoid him this week, uh, I I probably will. Uh, so I'm just going to go uh, with the guys yeah. that I know have done it before. So, I mean, you ha- I think at this point, it's, uh, with, with the level of the arms, I think it's tough not to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got one more uh, tidbit to uh, end the show on a totally uh, anticlimactic note. Uh, the, the Phillies have claimed somebody on waivers, uh, but it's, you know, it's not Josh Donaldson. <laughs> it's Jose Bautista. Uh, so there, it looks like they're trying to work out a deal with the Mets, but nothing, nothing yet. But uh, maybe go. Joey Bats in the Philadelphia Freedom. It's less hurrah. <laughs> See if that happens. Uh, on, on that, uh, yeah, less than enthusiastic <laughs> note. <laughs> I think we're going to wrap it up here, Matt. So, uh, well, thank you for uh, spending another Modica Monday with me here on the show and uh, looking forward to the next one in September. Yes, and thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, Al. All right. Well, uh, and it's always my pleasure to, to, to have you on the show. So, uh, again, if you've been away from the show uh, for a little while, uh, we are no longer uh, Monday through Friday. It's just Monday, Wednesday, Friday till the end of the season. So check back on Wednesday. I will be here and uh, be lots to talk about. So have a great one, everybody. Good luck to you this week. Take care.